Well, welcome to After Hours with me, Rick Kogan, and happy Mother's Day to all of you who celebrate. Uh, I certainly think of my mom, my uh, very lively, interesting mom on Mother's Day. Peter Bella, you think of your mom on Mother's oh, Day, Oh, yes, too? I do. Yes, I do. What I, was her name? Angeline. What did she do? Was she a mom? <clears throat> no, she, uh, she was a mom, and then um, she, she, during the war, she worked for Teletype. Oh, wow. And then... Um, somewhere in the 60s, she went back to work for Teletype, but they had moved out to Skokie. And, and where, um, where'd you grow up? Peter is, is uh, one of the most interesting people I know. I don't know exactly how we first met. Maybe you could tell probably me. Probably the Earl of Old Town years and years ago. That could be, man. Could be. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing and then um, um, <laughs> that, my daughter wrote you because mm-hmm. she was doing a paper on Stevie Goodman. Yeah. And and I responded. And you responded. Wow. You took her upstairs. Oh, my God. And then you got her an appointment. That's when I used to be nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I used to be a nice You got person. her an appointment. Nice person. To see Goodman's mother. Oh. To interview Goodman's mother. Oh, my God. Minette is her name. <coughs> Stevie's mom was yeah. Minette. Wow. She's a very, very nice woman. Oh, she was also the t- one of the, the tiniest tiny, yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, one yeah, of the yeah, tiniest yeah. people I've ever met. So that's how we met, and we run into each other all the time. We run into each other at Bughouse Square on the street. Peter, Peter was. Where'd you go to high school? Brother Rice. Really? Yeah. You play football for them? No. You play sports for them? Uh, no. <laughs> wow. But the, the reason was because um, the bus going back north. Stopped going to 103rd Street at six o'clock. So, and I lived on 55th Street. Yeah. So, yeah. I had a. You I just could, couldn't do it. I tried no. out for football, and then I missed the bus one day. I had to walk all the way to 79th Street <laughs> to grab the bus. So that that killed all that. Yeah. Did you go to college after that? Yeah, I was at uh, UIC in Roosevelt. I didn't graduate, but. You went to Circle, yeah, yeah, which is what I call. What years were you at Circle? Uh, we're about the same age, my we are. friend. Yeah, yeah. seventy-one to seventy-three. Yeah, I went there. I was there in seventy. Uh, it was a strange place. I oh. thought it was just so the iciest campus in the world. And they were still building it, for God's sake. The one building on the um, the tall building in the north end of the campus, I think it's the Edmond Building, or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was the coldest place in Chicago. <laughs> because when the wind hit, it sheared down. Yeah, yeah. And then you went from there to Roosevelt? Yeah, then I was in Roosevelt for a little bit. When you were in college, what what did you think you wanted to do? I had no idea. Stay out of Vietnam. <laughs> uh, no, actually, I got lucky. I had a high draft number. It's me, too. Yeah. Yeah, me, too. Yeah. Uh, we're going to spend the whole hour talking about the life and times of Peter Bell. I'm going to read... Some of the stuff he writes on his fascinating blog. One thing he wrote on a New Year's Eve some time ago is, my motto for several years is, if you think you know everything, you are wrong. Another thing he wrote on the occasion of his 70th birthday, he wrote, I survived an almost 30-year career as a Chicago police officer without being killed, catastrophically injured, fired, indicted, came close, or imprisoned. Being a Chicago police officer was the best job in the world. No two days were alike. Over 15 years ago, I retired. I do not miss the circus. I just miss the clowns. 
We'll discuss what he means by that. I can certainly understand. And what you think of the, I don't know, you're, you're so articulate and sometimes it's kind of a muted anger you express in your blog uh, about the city and the state of the city. We, we, we're both of the same age. We've both seen what has happened to this city and we're both not particularly happy about it. It's it's like in three years, everything's gone downhill. Yeah. And we'll talk about why, and we'll talk about uh, Peter Bella's upcoming show at the one and only Dime Gallery, 1513 Northwestern Avenue. We'll be back. Welcome back. You were going to learn a great deal about Peter Bella over the next 40 minutes on this radio show, uh, but you can learn more by going to his website, Peter V. B-E-L-L-A dot com. Uh, he has a wonderful blog in which he offers stories, I think, about the city, but also what what elevates this blog into something much more is his opinions. He is not at all, are you, Peter, loath to share your opinions <laughs> no, about, shy at all. <laughs> about virtually everything. He writes about, you know, he wrote about the Cubs opener, St. Patrick's Day, uh, the Bears... Pests in bars about his feelings about Uber, Lyft, and like Curb, Curb yeah. uh, which I like because it's a cab and I used to drive a cab. Uh, about hitting seventy, that was a very good one. About Win Strachey, the famous co-founder of the Old Town School of Fort Music. About sports, there's a fabulous one about the Billy Goat Tavern in there. That's a lovely one. You're congratulating Sam Cianis. <laughs> You're no, you were no fan of uh, Darren Bailey, and I want to see. You were a big fan of Ramsey Lewis. I am just working my way through the blog. Did you once write for Chicago Now? Yes, that's how I know Candace. How did you get involved in Chicago Now? And you, I start- Let's go back. Let, forget. Hold on. Hold on. It, we, we had you going to Roosevelt University and, <laughs> and getting a high draft number. How did you become a cop and why? I Well, first of all, I remember the mid-70s, there was a recession going on. People were getting laid off, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. I knew guys that were going to the police department, and I knew a few police officers. They didn't get laid off. So, exactly, yeah. Um, that, and then I, somebody really encouraged me to do it. Um, so I did. I just you know signed up and waited a couple of years, took the test. And uh, you're, a, you're a child of the 60s, as I was. Yeah. I never... Never in my life did I have a, a bad opinion of police officers. Same with you? No. Yeah. No. What appealed to you about it, aside from a steady work? Was there a sense of, of, seriously, Peter, was there a sense of being in a job where you might be helping people? Yeah, something, you know, being able to help people, working with the public. Yeah. Um, a little bit of adventure, you know, um, and it was an adventure. Yeah, I'll <laughs> bet. The first years. I'll um, bet. You pass the test right away? Yeah, it was only one test. It, yeah. It, I forgot how many thousand people they had it about seven high schools i think and you got you got in and wh- where were you where's your first district um 23rd and damon so it was um we had lawndale and little village well what was it like uh the wild west yeah lawndale yeah. was yeah yeah but it was a lot of fun what was your shift um i mostly worked afternoons and then um then i went around the clock and did you move around the city? You, you moved into different kinds of jobs. Did I did. I, I, um, I moved over to the district next door, 
which is Pilsen and U of A and all of that. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, spent 14 years in forensics. Meaning what? What did you do? Crime scenes. That must have been uh, gut-wrenching. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you get immune to it, but I mean, the first time you see a, a bloody crime scene must be a real shock to the system. Yeah. Um, How did you deal with it? It never really bothered me. Wow. There's only one or two cases, I think, that kind of bothered me, and they involved children, so. Ugh. God. <coughs> wow. But you stayed on the force for how long? Uh, 30 years? Almost. 29 and two months. Three and months. Why'd you retire? Um, <laughs> if you hit 29 years in a day, mm-hmm. you get the full pension as if you were on 30 years. So why spend the other next year? And you, but it, you know, at the time you would have been a young, you know, relatively relatively young guy. What did you want to do after that? I had no real plan at the time. Really, um, you had a family. Yeah, I have a wife and daughter. What'd your wife say? Get uh, out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> What's the matter with you? Get out of here. Um, <clears throat> but. Um, I stumbled into the photography thing. Yeah, how did you stumble? I, well, I must tell you, you'll see on, if you go to his website, uh, petervbella.com, you'll see some striking photographs. Some of these, uh, our mutual friend, Tony Fitzpatrick, uh, who owns a dime gallery on uh, Western Avenue, just south of uh, North Avenue, uh, is giving Peter a show, opens on uh, June 2nd, uh, he's totally taken with your work. Uh, and Tony Tony is a very friendly guy, but he doesn't put up the work of people he doesn't admire as artists. No. When did you first pick up a camera, Peter Bella? Was it after? No, I um, actually, when I was at, um, at Circle, yeah. um, they had a craft room there. Wow. And in the craft room, they had a dark room. If it, I'd known this, it could have changed my life. I could have been a photographer. They, um, it was only black and white. Yeah. So um, a, a friend of mine there, um, he was a wedding photographer, and he got me into photography. And I'm trying to remember the story. As a way to make money? I mean, no, no, yeah. He, his family owned a film processing place. Okay. A big one. It was like on Belmont, right near Ashland or something. Yeah. And um, so I started doing street photography and just practicing and um and developing film there and then um then i kind of put it away for a while then i kept going back and forth to it you know and life interferes here and there of course and but then uh, you finally retire from the police department and you say well wait a minute i'm gonna further yeah, explore this i did because that's when i would run i'd been running into you for years yeah and uh, you always have a camera, and you're always shooting, and I've seen your work, and it is stunning. Did you grow into it? Did you... I, how well, does that work? How does one become... Go from being a photographer to being an artist? It, what, what happened was, um, I met this... I, don't, I forgot how I knew this woman, and I'm trying to think what, she's, what she does... She's in. She used to work in marketing here at the Tribune, rather at the Tribune. Yeah, she's out in um, um, in the, in the Beltway, the DC Beltway. She lives, and she hooks up freelancers, and somehow, she, 
you know, all these people travel, the government people. Yeah, they, sure. They're coming to Chicago. Can you go shoot some stock photography? Places. Well, the you know. picture's taken, sure, right. sure. So I started doing that. And then um, the protests started, occupying whatever. And I hooked up with a small agency in Europe and started selling pictures. How interesting. And then, um, um, then they hooked me up with, um, I think it's Espresso, El Espresso. It's in a northern Italian media conglomerate. Yeah. And I did stack photography for them because when the Europeans It helped travel, because you were Italian, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But, but um, and then I, 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 started, I did some event photography. I was doing uh, stack photography for other media companies. Yeah. Um, and they wanted, like, Chicago scenes. And, and the problem was they couldn't get people to go to the South Side, the young photographers. Right. The Englewood and this. So, but you'd go. <clears throat> sure, I'd go. Yeah. And um, um, that's where I found Al Capone's house. Right, 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 and right, right. Places like that. Right. Um, but being a cop, being a cop for all those years, for 29 years on the dot, uh, you you get a sense of the city unlike what someone who never goes out in the city. You're not afraid of Chicago, are no, you? No, no. Not at all, are no. you? No. I mean, I'm walking around with, a, with a, it, you know, at that time, um, probably my camera kit that I had on me was probably $2,500. Yeah, yeah. You know, you take my money, you can take my camera. Right, right, but no, right. I never, I never had You've any never problems. had any no. kind of trouble. I think part of it is the way people carry themselves, too. Yeah, it's it. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, if you look like you know what you're doing, and you look yeah. like you know where you're going, Yeah. nobody bothers me. Wow. Where do you live now? Um, Lincoln Square. And you like it up there? Yeah. You've lived all over the city, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> How'd you meet your wife? Uh, at the Earl of Old Town. You're kidding. You no. met me there? You met your wife there? She was. Uh, she already had a real estate license, yeah. And that's what she does yeah. for a living now? Who is she? Who, who? All right, the night you met her, who were you guys listening to? Do you remember? You should remember, Peter. I don't know. If, I think it was. I don't think anybody was playing her that night. Huh? I don't remember. <laughs> you were just having drinks at the yeah. Earl Old Town. Yeah. Tell people. I've tried to do it on the air, but tell people what it was about the Earl that uh, made it such a special place. Um, aside from the music, yeah, the people that went in there, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, you know, tavern life. Like yeah, yeah. I covered taverns for a living. And it's, I've always thought that taverns were as important to some neighborhoods as a church or a school. It's something that knit the neighborhood together. Do you agree? You, you must. We, when I, you know, I worked at the Treehouse Museum for a while. Yeah, right, right, right. And um, we did a, um, a tour, a prohibition type tour. Yeah. Okay? And we did a lot of this research. Especially my friend Alex. You met my friend Alex. Yeah, sure. The saloon, especially for the immigrants, the street was the social. Yep. yep. The saloon became the street. Yeah. Okay? And it was the social center. It was where people went. Um, to share neighborhood and it news. Was, it was all the, well, it was all the, they were mostly ethnic. Yeah. So, and if you wanted to get a jab, the saloon keeper knew people. He can hook you up with a jab. Um, write letters home to your to, to wherever right. you came from, and right. all this stuff. 
and it was like a it was like a social service agency. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. And then, yeah. you know, and then the then the neighborhood saloons. I mean, like where I grew up at the time was all Polish. Yeah. So all these <sighs> Polish actually, you know, remember when you can drink at eighteen? Yes, I do. of course I do. First yes. bar I went into was a polka bar in the side, near where I lived because it was the only bar they would go, go into. This is Peter Bella. He knows more about Chicago than almost anybody. Uh, he's going to be here all the way until 6 o'clock, and we will talk some more uh, after the news. Welcome back. I have uh, more time with my friend Peter Bella. You can go to his website, petervbella.com. You can also see some of your work on Facebook, right? You've got a yeah. Facebook page. And I'm, I'll be putting up a website. Um, we finished it up for the for the show. Not just for the show. It might be my own photography website. Oh, it's about time. You're and, not, um, um, you may not be the world's greatest. You're a great photographer, but you may not be the world's greatest businessman. Yeah, Peter. and um, um, it has a few bugs, and the person that's doing it is going to fix it up. Great. So, yeah. I will announce it on the radio. You write, uh, and his blog is fascinating. It's about really, really about Chicago. He writes on it. I explore Chicago neighborhoods, research their history, and learn more about the area's culture. An avid photographer, I take pictures of these forays. I am an amateur Chicago historian delving into Chicago's history, especially its criminal past. Chicago politics (coughs) and crime are the DNA double helix of the city of scoundrels, you were no fan, Peter Bella, of Lori Lightfoot, were you? I was, and then I wasn't. Yeah, same here. I voted for. Her. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah. I, and you know, it's sort of like the famous scene in The Godfather. You know, Fredo, you broke my heart. <laughs> <coughs> um, Lori Lightfoot, the Fredo of uh, Chicago you politics. Know, and I could never figure out why she just kept these failures. I mean, no mayor has ever done this. Yeah, no. Well, but she would, you know, even given the fact that that uh, her predecessors, uh, Mr. Emanuel and Mr. Daly, were uh, tough guys, she was much more adversarial than mm-hmm. they ever were. You know, there was a story with um, Emanuel. I forgot. I think it was one of the, the women uh, TV people. Yeah, got into a big shouting match with him. Right, and. They just happened to be near each other at um, some game, Cubs, Bulls, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Emmanuel went over and gave her a beer. And it was, you know, because it was over with. Yeah, right, right, you know, but this right. Was, and, yeah, I, I agree. You write on the blog, and you, you after Brandon Johnson won. And I, I sense in this a, a bit of hope. Brandon Johnson won the mayoral race. Now he will have to perform all the campaign blusters in the past. He is walking into a storm of crises. People expect immediate change. That will be impossible. You're so right about that. Johnson has four years to prove himself. That may not be enough time to undo the harm Lori Lightfoot caused. Chicago is worse off than it was four years ago. Crime is out of control. Contrary to the lies coming from City Hall and the police department, aside from crime, public transportation, once the shining star of the city, is failing. The trains and buses are filthy, crime is high, and they're not running on time or at all. The budget's a mess as usual. The business community, both large and small, is still suffering and no longer trust City Hall. I, of course, as a Chicagoan, you have to be hopeful that this guy can turn well, things around. But, but you, know, but you well, are right. It's not going to happen overnight. Look, they keep talking about um, the equity and the poverty. and what They've been talking about that. 
since we were kids, Rick. <clears throat> yep. Okay? Yeah, sure. And nothing. Nothing. All right? And crime, I mean, I'm sorry, poverty is one of the number one drivers of crime. No question. And I don't care. You know, you know this. You say this as a, but it's not, as look, a police officer But it's not just years. here. I mean, you go anywhere. Yeah. You know, and in other areas, the poverty is amongst the white people. But so is the crime. And it's, we just keep doing this over and over, and they keep making these promises. Yeah, we're going to invest, but they don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, several years ago, um, after I'd retired, I'd been retired about five or six years, mm-hmm. I'd go out to the suburb for something, listen to the radio, 290's all backed up, I'll go down Roosevelt Road. Okay. I was coming from Berwyn. Go down Roosevelt Road, hit the city limit, and that's where I used to work. Right. It was like deja vu. All the same lots that were vacant almost 30 years ago were still vacant. We go all the way up down Roosevelt Road, all the same kind of people, the professional corner hangers were out there, just the mm-hmm. fashion changed. Nothing changed. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. You know, I, I just thought I was back in my patrol car. Just Wow. That's scary for you. I think that's scary for you, and it's scary for the citizens of Chicago. You also write on your blog... All people have the right to go downtown for an evening, even in groups. No one has a right to commit crimes, violence, mayhem, or cause disturbances. Those are the young people being blamed, not demonized. There is no harm in casting blame where it is deserved. The truer words were never spoken. How important, Peter Bella, do you think is going to be Brandon Johnson's choice for the new police superintendent. I think this is a crucial decision he has to make. Every meeting that I've heard about... And you still hear from former people. Yeah, I do, but not so much anymore. A lot of them are gone. Yeah, well, a lot, yeah, and more are leaving all the time. But what what I've been hearing on the news about these meetings and some of the ones that they recorded, the consensus is it's got to come from here. Yeah, he has to oh. come from here. Okay, and I thought about this the other day when you about this. the binder that they give you. Well, now it's all online, but right, sure. All the policies and procedures about this thing, mm. and then you have the rules and regulations. You can't pick this stuff up in a couple of weeks, and right, take, right, right. And you don't know this city, and Chicago is not Dallas. Chicago is not Cincinnati. <clears throat> it's not New York. It's not Los Angeles. And we are, and those cities are not us. Yeah. yeah. And you know, um, but somehow there's this whole thing where they think that there's this universal practices nationwide for policing. It's not. Yeah. It's you know, it's the whole culture. It's just like this, but your business. You know. There's a certain culture. Yeah. And then there's a culture in Chicago, and it's the same way with the police department. You can't just pick that up overnight. I agree. And whoever steps into that job. It has to be the day one, hit the ground running. Now, um, you know, well, he has to know the difference between Englewood and Edison Park. For exactly, instance, he or she. And yeah. and you know, and and when you have the crime going on in Edison Park and Mount Greenwood and um, all up on the the, um, the lakefront, sure. Rogers Park, right, and sure. <clears throat> You have to know. Um, you got to know the city. You have to know the city. He has to know the command staff because he's going to make his own changes. He's yeah. going to put his own people in. Um, so 
Well, we gotta have uh, we gotta have hope. We'll take one last break and come back and talk. Try to get you to Dime Gallery starting June second, and we'll ask Peter Bella if he thinks of himself as an artist. Now, we'll be back. Stay tuned. Uh, I hope if you've been listening, you were intrigued by uh, Peter Bella, the way he thinks, his incredible love and passion for Chicago, all of Chicago. You can get more at Peter V. Bella, P-E-T-E-R-V-B-E-L-L-A.com. You will have a website up of his photography. He is going to have a show that opens June 2nd at the Dime Gallery, 1513 Northwestern Avenue. Uh, the the genius Tony Fitzpatrick runs that place and is a friend of Peter's and a dear friend of mine. How long is the show going to run, Peter? I'm not sure yet. Okay. Yeah, can run probably a few over. weeks. How many pieces are going to be up? Um, I, 15 or 18. Yeah. And you and Tony sort of collaborated on yeah, selecting we, we've been ones. Doing this for a bit, yeah. Because... You know, great. Tony knows what sells. I mean, Tony. Tony is is a is a exactly incredibly highly respected artist himself, and he knows what people buy. He's run right. galleries forever in this town. Is a walking man. You can see on the petervbella.com dot com site. You'll see a stunning photo of the walking man. Yeah. The late, the late, late walking man. Right. That's one of your favorite shots, is yeah. it not? Yeah, especially after what happened to him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's a he is a tough guy to photograph. Oh, I bet he's not. He's not he was never the world's friendliest <clears throat> no. guy. I've talked to him a couple but, of times. But um, yeah. I just happened to be at the right place at the right time, and I don't even think he knew I shot him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have some more pictures of him too, but that was the that was the best one. What do you look for, Peter Bell, when you're out and you're out all the time? I mean, you really do. You're sort of curious, and you wander the city, don't yeah. you? Yeah. I mean, you'll show up at you know Bug House Square to do something, and be somewhere else. What is it you're looking for, Peter? Do you think sometimes it's not what I'm looking for; it's what what, what happens. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, sometimes I'll just walk around and I'll sit. I'll find a spot to sit and see, you know, what's going on, and, and something will catch my eye, and I'll do it. Not necessarily means it's a good photograph. Right, until I get right, it right, home. right. But um, there are other times if I'm like, I'm going to go look at this neighborhood, and I'll just shoot whatever's there. Yeah. You know, Pilsen, very colorful neighborhood. Oh, no question. Yeah. Um, Little Village is a very colorful neighborhood. Um, and you're never, one of the great things, and I think you should all listen to this, people, you're never scared when you no. go to these neighborhoods. No. Yeah, well, I worked at Pilsen, and I worked in Little Village. Yeah. And one of the things I found was, you know, it's different when you're when you're seeing things from the seat of a car, mm-hmm. and you're driving mm-hmm. in square circles. Yeah, right? yeah. And when you get out to walk, you realize there's like a wealth of things you never saw, exactly. you never realized wow. were there. Wow. Yeah. Well um, put. And things have changed quite a bit in those neighborhoods in the past years now. I mean, Little Village is like, well, probably took over from Michigan Avenue. Mm-hmm. It used to be second to Michigan Avenue. Yeah. The twenty six three quarter for right, shopping. Right. Um What do you think now? Let me ask you about this. We're talking about various aspects of Chicago. When you walk down uh the formerly known as the Magnificent Mile and you see all of these stores and hotels, uh if not shuttered, at least waiting for new 
people to move in. What do you think about A couple years that? back, I was shocked when I was in a cab, drove by the Drake Hotel, and there's only one retailer left. Yeah. And that's the florist. Flower sure. Mango flowers. Yeah. 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 But they don't just do florists, I found out. They do a lot of other stuff. Sure. Sure. But even Chanel's gone. I mean, that whole is all empty. And even today, there were more empty stores than the last time I was on Michigan Avenue a few months ago. Yeah. Um, it's just but horrible. You see, but you see, as you're talking about Little Village, you're <clears throat> seeing vibrancy and other, other... You can't walk down the sidewalk or drive on the street on a Saturday and Sunday. Is that right? It's, it's like one big traffic jam down there. Wow. And that's and good. People, that's encouraging, well, you know, though, right? The Mexican people come from all over. They come from Wisconsin. They come from Iowa. They come from Indiana. All the shop there. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, interesting. You should open a gallery down there. Yeah. Uh, when when you <clears throat> do you think of yourself now, and this is your first gallery exhibition, I am sure it will not be your last. Do you think of yourself in an interesting career as a photographer? Do you think of yourself now as an artist, a professional photographic artist? As I told you a little bit ago, I sold a couple pieces. So now I'm a professional because, number one... I, People love them. Were these sold to like friends of yours? Or? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, but, uh, and yeah. and I got paid. So okay, well, professionals something. get paid. That well, that that's something. That's something. There's one uh, that is on your. You can see this on your website. One, it's a woman drawing in chalk on a uh, street uh, in Chicago. The the word vote with an exclamation point. Uh, are most people when you shoot? You know, you, you become a photographer in, a, in an interesting age where, you know, 40 years ago, if someone wanted to take your picture, it was very, unless it was one of these people on State Street getting you coming out of a movie theater or something. Uh, do people mind you shooting them? Sometimes they don't know. Yeah. You know. Sure. Um, she didn't know, but I knew who she was. Mm-hmm. So we had a little conversation and... Um, she said, no, no, you can take my picture. Yeah. You really can't see her face there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> other times, um, and I'm, I'm kind of sly with it, you know. And if somebody doesn't want, you know, I'll, yeah, I'll delete you, it. Yeah. I have no problem with you that. You back off. Yeah. You back off. Or if I already took the picture, I'll delete it. It's not a big deal with me. When it comes to your writing, too, I think that there's a very interesting, I think there's a possible, and Tony might have something to say about this, too, a sort of book that is a <coughs> gathering of your photography and your writing because i think if you people as i have i've dipped in i'm only about halfway through his uh 37 page uh blog petervbella.com but there's a lot of fascinating stuff in there um i thought i'm trying to the book you did with um charles osgood sidewalks 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 i thought i actually have both of those Good. You're one and, of the um, rare. You're one of the rare people who has both. Um, yeah. And I thought about doing something similar to that. You should. You should. Um, if there's enough room, we're, I, I have a I have a paragraph for each one of these photographs. Really? Yeah. And but we have to see. I don't yeah. know how much room, so we yeah. can put it. Well, because you know the other thing, Tony not only is a great visual artist, he's also a, a terrific writer too. Yeah. Uh, now, one thing about Tony, I want to say, you know, he, he he does all these shows for various people. Yeah, sure. Okay? And whether he realizes or not, 
he is building an army of artists. No question. You know, no I mean, question. Really, and you know, in this goofy, negative, polarized world we live in, yeah. we need more art. Yep. No question. Art you know, can heal. And what art he's can, doing is just fabulous. Art can heal. It can explain. Well, I am considering you now, Peter Bella, an artist, uh, a great visual artist, and also a terrific, terrific writer. Uh, and if you ever thought about it, you wouldn't make a bad mayor either. <laughs> you wouldn't make a bad mayor. I'll, I'll, make you the, I'll make you the head of vice. Yeah, that's what I need. <laughs> that's just what I need. Yeah, I need to work in City Hall. Uh and uh, congratulations on the show. We, we go way back, and I've always admired you. And uh, this is a big moment at the Dime Gallery, which is at 1513 Northwestern Avenue. It The show opens, Peter's show. It's called Chicago in Black and White. It opens Friday, June 2nd, with an opening gala from 5 to 9 p.m. And Tony usually has a beer or two there. He doesn't drink anymore, but that's... Uh, that's uh, his uh, trouble. Come there, see, and you you will certainly be there. Oh yeah, good. Yeah. You meet Peter Bella and uh, I'll be there for the, all three days. And by uh, oh, the whole opening weekend. Yeah. So the first the first weekend in June is Peter Bella Week. Peter, it's great. Thank you coming thank you. in from the rainy and uh, and and thank you for having me. Have a nice Mother's Day. Oh, well, what's left of it? Yeah.